y'all. Welcome to Carmichael Radio. This is a podcast about Carolina women's basketball. My name is Travis London. I am here with Ms. Harry Stacker. Hey, guys. And we are currently unaware of the whereabouts of Andrew and Anthony, but hopefully they will be popping in at some point here. So Terry and I will soldier forth, just the two of us, and we will get to the unpleasantness, unfortunately, uh, Sunday afternoon. Dropped the game against Virginia Tech, uh, 74-62. This one felt both simultaneously a lot closer than that and not that close at times. Um, DK had a pretty outstanding game. um, Back to her old offensive pyrotechnics, put up 29 points. Um 10-22 10-22 from the floor, 2-5 deep, 7-8 the stripe. Added two boards and assist and two steals for good measure. Um, Lex, you know, uh, 10 points, two boards, three dimes. Uh, added a block onto that. And Liss had seven with 10 rebounds. An assist and a steal. Um we just did not get much from anybody else. Uh, once again, no Renaya Kelly. She did not make the trip, nor did P uh, up to the game at all. Um, Indy got the start in place of what they had been running with with Anya. Um, gave us six rebounds, three dimes, three points. Um, you know, Anya saw very limited minutes, uh, four points and a board, diamond to steal on top of that. Um, Ali Z and T saw uh, 16 minutes for T, 17 for Z, um, six points and three points respectively. T added a couple boards on that, but just not much in the way of production outside of DK. Um, and it was reflected in the final score. Um I do not know entirely what this uh, felt like. I was in the the building for this one, um, so Terry, uh, did, you would have had the the perspective shared by most of the the listenership here. Um, what did this What did this feel like through the television? What did you What did you see um, as far as ebbs and flows of the game, and you know some some lineups or some tactics that may or may not have have felt like they were working for you. Yeah, I mean, after the first quarter and we only scored five points, honestly, I thought that they was going to run us out of the gym. I'm going to be honest, after that first quarter and seeing the score, I was just like, you know what, go ahead and start the bus because (laughs) it's going to get ugly really fast. But then Georgia Avemore picked up her second foul pretty early on in the second quarter. And that's when we were able to make a run and actually start getting into our offense and scoring. We put up 22 points in the second quarter alone. And, and I thought that, you know, we really took advantage of her being on the bench. However, we dug ourselves such a big hole in that first quarter that we weren't able to actually, you know, take the lead um, while she was on the bench. And then third quarter, you know, it was just a more was back in their offense started to flow a little bit and we just couldn't get the stops that we needed to get. 
Um, but I do think, you know, once we got into that second quarter, the girls like settled down um, and it, we were able to hang with them. If you look at the box score, it was pretty close. Um, the third in the fourth quarter scoring wise, but, you know, we just dug ourselves a hole in that first quarter and we couldn't get out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, the things that we asked for on the last pod that we wanted to see in this game, we pretty much got, you know, personally, I said that DK had to score more than nine points if we had a, a shot to win and she put up, you know, 29. If it wasn't for her, this game really would have been a blowout. No one else really like helped out on the offensive end. You know, I asked for Navarre to start because she, you know, can be aggressive with attacking the rim and getting to the free throw line and she can knock down, um, you know, an outside shot, but, you know, she struggled. She went one for 10 from this game and we just cannot have that from her. Um, you know, Maria gave us nothing, zero points. We definitely cannot have that from her. Um, so overall, you know, I do like the way that we battled, you know, we really could have folded after that first quarter, but I do like the way that we battled. It just, we just did not have enough offensively um, or defensively for that matter um, to get a win. Yeah. And it, you know, DK not, not getting a whole lot of help from people. Certainly I, your point is well taken about the first quarter. They, they, they got buried quickly, but came out and this has kind of been the past couple of games now they reversed the um the trend of of second quarters being a, a major stumbling block um they really really took advantage of those minutes when Amor had picked up that second foul and was on the bench and just blitzed and like you said you know down the stretch they uh, DK with that that insane buzzer beater to end that first half put them within six and it felt like okay they've they've settled. And like you said, you know, the second half of the game, they they lost by six total points. I mean, they they hung right with them pretty evenly through the third and fourth quarter. They just could not quite close that gap. Um, and yeah, Maria, um, Maria, absolutely like nothing, not even any rebounds or anything. Um in her box score columns, unfortunately. And Indy, yeah, not just the one for 10, but like you said, you know, she's another potential long-range threat for us and was 0 of 5 behind the arc, which that just, you know, three-point shooting has certainly been a problem for us all season long. But when one of your one of your brighter spots um, on the roster is, is putting up that kind of performance, it certainly doesn't help. Um Defensively, I thought they were maybe better than the box score would indicate. Um, coach touched on this a little bit in the post game. That for, first off, there's not a whole lot you can do when Liz Kitley goes absolutely nuclear, and you know, Amor, you know, put in 19 with 11 dimes. Um, Eck put up 11 points for them. Um, and Kayla King, you know, had a pretty bad day for her. She was one of six from behind the arc. But the fact is that you have to, she's been consistent enough throughout the season that you had to respect her. 
And it was just too many options for them to try and defend. And I honestly, I thought that Carolina's defense did a fantastic job shutting down primary actions and shutting down a good portion of Virginia Tech's secondary actions. They were they were sniffing plays out and had the initial stuff and the first option counters beat. Or not it beat, but at least contained and were forcing some not ideal looks from them. But the problem is that Virginia Tech has answers and release valves and they never ever ever stop moving and cutting and if they see that something has gone poorly they fix it in real time in that possession somebody moves somebody cuts somebody darts back out to reset and lets them recalibrate things so that they're not wasting a possession even if it's been bottled up on the first couple of attempts. Um, They're just extremely well coached and play with an incredible amount of synergy. And they just didn't, we couldn't do enough defensively to shut them down. Um, And it didn't, you know, it certainly didn't help that that, that place, you know, this was senior day and Amor and Kitley, obviously in particular have been extremely special to that fan base and what that program has become. So that place was lit up. Um, game day was there. Um, my wife and I did not get to game day, but it was, we showed up to get in line to get into the gym for the game. And it was, I'm going to say we were at least a solid half mile from the doors standing there. And we were not the back of the line. Um, credit to all of Virginia Tech's fans. That atmosphere ruled when they dropped the entertainment before the opening tip. It was absolutely electric in there. Um, and they were all, every fan we've talked to, absolute sweethearts, um, super nice, unlike some other fan bases, um, just, just delightful people. Everybody we talked to while we were standing in line was great. Um, and that, you know, the gym was just, everything was set up for them to have the days that they had. And in the end, with that little of an offensive performance, Outside of DK showing up, um, it was just too much firepower. There's just nothing that they could do. Um, but honestly, I mean, I Virginia Tech moved up to five in the AP this week. Um, I'm not sure there are four teams better than them. South Carolina, obviously, but I'm I'm not sure Ohio State, Texas, or Stanford. I don't think I would necessarily take them against the Hokies right now on a neutral floor. Um, so that was, uh, unfortunately that was how that went down for us here. Um, Terry, did you, off of this, did you see anything that obviously we've sort of covered the fact that there was some poor shooting and some folks that didn't show up and, and contribute like they should have, but did you see anything systemic or specific to our matchup with the Hokies that caused us problems? Or was it just kind of, as we've said, just, you know, we, we showed up and played a blah game, um, in that opening quarter and that, that sunk things going forward. Did you have a, any like specific things that you looked at and thought, well, you know, if we'd just done X better, things might've looked significantly different. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing that I noticed like in the second half that we did eventually do was take Lexi off of Amor. And I was kind of glad about that because although Lexi is a good defender, like she was getting cooked by Amor, like that matchup just was not working. And so I did notice that they ended up putting Navarre on her, but even that wasn't working. Um, so like you said, they're a good team. I don't think there was much that we really could have done differently um, to try and get a, a win. Um, maybe perhaps if our post players played Liz a little bit more like physical um, and tried to take her out of her game, perhaps, you know, it could have been, I mean, it, the game wasn't a blowout, don't get me wrong, but maybe perhaps it would have been a little bit closer um, perhaps maybe she would not, she wouldn't have scored 34 points, right? Um, I think we did put her at the free throw line way too many times. Um, just, you know, you have to play defense straight up. And I think sometimes even if you do play defense with your hands straight up and not getting them with the body, the ref's probably still going to call that foul, you know? And I'm, I'm not one, you guys know, I'm not one to really complain about the refs, Right. But I, I mean, there, there was probably some vows that were questionable, but at the end of the day, um, you just, you have to score more than the other team. Um, and we didn't do that. We did not get enough stops defensively. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that there was anything we really could have done. I do know that I realized that Lexi was getting cooked by a more and, uh, they did end up putting Navarro on her, but like I said, that didn't really make much of a difference. So you know, just one of those games where, hey, it's like, maybe we'll get them next year. <laughs> maybe we'll get them next year. Yeah, well, and we might. I mean, obviously, there's still some pivotal games left. Um, there's a chance of, obviously, we could run up against them in the conference tournament, too, um, which we'll have to short out those possibilities after everything's done and dusted on Sunday, finally. But um, just... I get, a couple things I wanted to know for be there. Um, Castle is that that place rules. It was an awesome venue. The crowd was super hype. Um, and they have, you know, Virginia Tech um, has a fairly robust um, ROTC affiliation. So they just they don't have a pet band. They have a full on ROTC band with a, a, you know, a drum line and everything, um, which was pretty that was pretty cool. Um, it's very steep. That bowl is incredibly steep. I would not recommend you go attend a game there if your seats are going to be in the upper bowl and you have anything uh, fear of heights or vertigo. Um, it was really a little unnerving for me, and I'm even not particularly bothered by heights at all. Um, but it's a it's a steep gym. But a couple things that I would just like to float, if anybody in charge of facilities or game day ops or anything like that happens to be listening, who might have some influence over things in Carmichael, a uh, couple things. One, every chair in Castle has padding on it. It's a very comfortable place to sit and watch a basketball game. And the seats at Carmichael are not uncomfortable, but it might be nice if there was padding on the seats. Um... And the other biggie was um, just immaculate reception in there. Um, a lot of people have trouble 
posting, getting things, whatever they have to go back out in the concourses um, in Carmichael to get a signal if they're trying to tweet something about the game or whatever. Um, that was absolutely not a problem at all in Blacksburg. Um, so if anybody who might be able to, to do something tangible about um, seating comfortability and uh, Wi-Fi access and or uh, general cell service in Carmichael is listening to this or listening and knows somebody who might, um, please do pass that along. Um, but it was, it was an awesome atmosphere. Um, and just really a testament to what Kenny has built there over the past several years. Um, that place is, is really, really, you could, you could feel how much they were behind that team. And obviously it being a more Kitley senior day, particularly given how much they meant to that program. Um, it was just, it was a very, it was a special environment. It was cool to be there for it. Um, although obviously we would have preferred to spoil their senior day rather than what wound up transpiring. But, um, that, uh, that is the end of that unfortunate bleak recap here. Um, let us move on to Thursday night. This will be 7 p.m. In Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, at Conte Forum, we are taking on the Boston College Eagles. Uh, this will be the second consecutive senior day that we are going into. Um, again, 7 p.m. tip. That is on ACC Network Extra. So not on a TV TV, but if you have access to Internet and ESPN on their website, you will be able to stream it there. Um and I haven't seen whether it will be perhaps broadcast on like a local station here that we might be getting as well. Um, this will be the sixth season under head coach Joanna Burnaby McNamee for the Eagles. Um, coach Mack has certainly done a good job with that program relative to what it was when she took it over. Um, they have had some good seasons. This is not one of their better ones. They are 11-18 on the year and three and 13 in conference so far. Uh, last time they won ball games was, uh, they got back-to-back -back wins over Pitt and wake, uh, both of those at home in Conte forum. And this was all the way back in mid January. So not having a great year. And as we've observed several times on this podcast, uh, coach Mack and recruits and develops the heck out of players. And those players, uh, often leave for other programs. So, She's got uh she's got the first uh, couple critical parts of the equation down there. She's just got to figure out how to keep them in Chestnut Hill. Although having lived in Boston for five years, I can see where if you were looking at elsewhere that maybe was not going to be as miserable and cold as that place can get during basketball season, you might think about going there. So that's where the Eagles are at this season. Um, players to watch here. They got they got some weapons. They got they got some firepower here. Um Andre Daly is at 13.6 points a game. Taya Sidberry, 13.2. And Dontavia Wagner, 12.4. Um, Tiana Todd, 11.4. So four kids averaging double digits. Um, and those first three also are clocking um, over five. Um, and... Uh, Sid Berry and Wagner over six rebounds a game. So they are pretty good on the glass. That is something that coach Mac tends to emphasize every year. Um, 
and they are putting pay to that somewhat. Um, they do have one starter not averaging double digits. She's only averaging 4.4 points a game, but that is Kayla Ivy. She is their table setter, very much in the mold of a password point guard, uh, averaging 5.3 assists a game. Um, so the Eagles, not a formidable opponent. Um, this will be senior night, so I would expect Conte for him to be maybe a little more, a little more bumping than usual. Um, and as we've just covered, that they, they have some weapons, but this on on paper by every metric, um, the heels outclass them significantly and should not have any trouble with this. Um, as we've said repeatedly, this is the ACC, and there is no such thing as a take for granted game. But this one should be a, a way to get back on track here for the heels. Um, Terry, where let's let's assume, let's take the metrics and everything at face value and say that they they should have the advantage in in most respects here going into this one. Um what outside of some other folks putting some balls in the basket, um, certainly with more consistency than they did on Sunday afternoon. What are we looking at here? Because we're getting towards the end of the season and it just, you know, they keep saying day to day, whatever that means anymore. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to get Naya or P back here. So what do we want to see? Do we want to see Indy get another start and try and maybe get that, that lineup into, into fighting shape with a few more reps under the belt here? Do we want to go back to Anya? What would your prescription be heading up to uh, Chestnut Hill on Thursday night? Yeah, I think keep the same starting lineup um, with the Navarre um, starting over Poole um, and just use Poole and Zelaya and Key as players that can come in and relieve our starters um, from playing heavy minutes. This should be a game that they should be able to do that. Um, I don't think our starters should have to play heavy minutes in this game. However, I'm a little caveat here. I have not watched any of Boston College this year, not one single game. So just looking at that, their record alone, it should be a game that we should win. Um, if we get out to a fast start and we're able to hold that lead, then I don't think our starters should have to play heavy minutes. Um, but yeah, I think we definitely should keep the same starting lineup and just use, use pull where she can come in and just and spare the starter some heavy minutes. Um, yeah. I don't have really much to say just because again, I haven't watched Boston college at all this year. Um, so I actually don't even know what to expect, but I do know they are on a 10 game losing streak. Um, and like you said, it is senior night. So they're probably obviously a senior night. No one wants to lose on their senior night. going to come out playing inspired and wanting to, you know, get a win. Um, but hopefully we'll come ready to play fresh off of a loss. Um, and it'll be a win for us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, we can hope so. And I've sort of, um, I will say this for them is that they, they, they fight. Um, they don't go down easily. And, it, you know, like I, I, I have watched them 
but it wasn't that I was making a point of watching them. It was more, you know, checking scores um, when our game was done or, or at a commercial break or something like that and saying, oh, well, gosh, that's closer than it should be. And either putting them on second screen or, you know, if we got home from Carmichael or our game was done or whatever, um, and they had a different time slot checking in on them. But um, mostly to, to say, huh, they're they're playing, you know, so-and-so closer than you would think. Um, they put up, there was a banger of a game they put up against Louisville a little while ago. They, they lost that one, but it was 69-67. Um, and Louisville, obviously, uh, a ranked team, or was at the time. Um, and, you know, they, they played some, like, they played Q's pretty tough. Um, they played the Who's pretty tough. Um, they, uh, it was actually almost identical. Um, they were at Virginia Tech uh, a couple of weeks back, and that final was 74-63. Um, so they've certainly, they have put up some fights. Um, they, they, they put up, they were, they lost 80 to 75, um, at Cameron indoor against Duke. And, you know, let's be real, putting up 75 points against that Duke team is a, is to be commended by itself. Um, so they're, they're, they're scrappy. They got some fight to them. Um, and like we said, you know, it's senior day, so they'll have they'll have some some added boost of energy there. Um, I I like which I I like where you're going with it, and I tend to agree with you. I I think Indy gives us some more versatility um, as a part of the starting five. My one my one worry about that is then you've got you're really going to need to, if she is not a bench option, if she is starting, then we're going to need to stagger minutes. Um, more so than, than we have done because now you now basically like if, if she's, if she's in your starting lineup, then you don't, you don't really have a guard that you can bring off the bench. Like you just, you don't have that option. So there is, that would be kind of my one concern. Um, is, well, true. She just don't ever get <laughs> any playing time, and we gave her a scholarship. Um, All right, touche, touche. Yeah, and actually, I think a game like this. But again, as I said, I haven't watched Boston College, so I'm just strictly going off of their record. This may be a game where she could see some minutes and come in and just do the the small things we need her to do. Bring the ball up the court, start the offense. I know she's not scared to shoot it, but I don't think that's necessarily what we would need her to do um, in the few minutes, you know, that she could see some action on the court. Um, so, yeah. Um, so shout out to Sid. We're, we're, I'm going to be advocating and pushing for more playing time for her. You know, she earned a scholarship, so let's see her out on the court. But, um, yeah, yeah, I looking at their bot scores, you know, I, I see what you're saying. You know, they played a lot of teams fairly close. And like we always say, I personally think the ACC is the, the toughest conference. Anybody can get beat on any given night. So I think, you know, if we come in thinking that this is an automatic win, 
it might not be that way. It might be a loss. But I mean, obviously, we want to win, but we have to come in and we have to play and we have to earn it. Um, I don't think it's going to be a game just because we have North Carolina across our chest that Boston College is going to lay down and not put up a fight. Um, so hopefully we come prepared to play. Uh, yeah, and it'll. this is kind of a tough... Um, it's a tough road swing here. You know, that's a... That's a that's an extensive amount of travel um, in a short time, and especially with the injuries and how tired everybody's got to be at this point. Um, that's not exactly a uh, it's not exactly a, a cakewalk, especially coming out of what had to be a, a, a kind of deflating. Just because you know, as we said, how close they they kind of were able to to pull um, after that first quarter. Then you got to go up to Chestnut Hill, um, and for uh, for listeners who may not be aware, y'all, um, it's not like you get off the get off the plane at Logan International Airport and it's a twenty minute drive to to BC's campus. Chestnut Hill is kind of a hike from Boston proper, um, so it's um, it's a lot of travel for some uh some injury depleted uh fatigue depleted legs at this point in the season um so yeah hopefully they can they can um shake out the virginia tech game and get right here um and come home with a dub because uh our senior day is uh duke duke is really playing playing some really good basketball right now so well, I mean, we'll talk about that game when we get to it, but that's they 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 need they need this um from an, an emotional get right perspective as much as anything else at this point. So hopefully they can make that happen. Um speaking of Duke, let's uh let's go ahead and whip around some other results here from um from Sunday afternoon. Um I the NC State might just be broken. <laughs> yeah, they hit a touch, uh, a tough, excuse me, a little stretch here. I uh, speaking of Duke, I did watch that game the other night, and yeah, Duke is playing really well right now. I mean, they might be playing the best out of any teams during this little stretch. Um, but yeah, they're looking good. They're really coming together at the right time. But I was surprised. I thought NC State would still win that game, but I don't know. We might have broke them. I uh, yeah, there was um, re- <laughs> there were at least three people who said something to that effect. I saw on on Twitter that just did 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 we break state? Because <laughs> they yeah that. That, you know, it wasn't like, oh, they lost close or like our game in Cameron where it went to overtime. Nah, they got beat. They got flat beat. Um, I don't know, man. Vir- Virginia Tech might be the only actually competent, reliable team in this entire conference right now because that, that was just ugly from a, a team. You know, State should not have had. It's one thing to lose on the road against an in-state opponent like that but not to get not to get smacked up like they did um utah usc this was a this was an interesting game um the pac-12 
has just been an absolute battlefield all season, maybe even more so than than our conference has. Um, but that that one was interesting. Uh, the youth's getting back on track a little bit, and also. Or the podcast curse in full effect. We praised Oregon State for a couple of weeks, and they have fallen off an absolute cliff. Um, got bodied up by a not a middling at best Washington team, um, and um, there were some there were some weird results around the league. Did you catch any of this Kansas State Kansas game? Like. Basketball edition of the Sunflower Showdown. That that was a weird game. Kansas had no business doing what they did to the Wildcats, even even if they were in Lawrence and instead of Manhattan. This this was this was a really interesting game here. I don't they even after getting Aoka Lee back, the the Wildcats haven't been quite right in the past month or so. Did you catch any of that one? I did not. I did not. But. I've said several times on this podcast that even when we played Kansas State, I thought we should have won that game. Like, I didn't feel like they were that good. And mind you, it was early in the season, but I still felt like we should have won that game. Like, I didn't think talent-wise that they were better than us. Um, Hey, but they still won. But, yeah, so I guess I'm not surprised by that you know that they lost but it happens uh yeah that's no that's fair and yeah you you were you were adamant that that we should have taken that one um and that yeah it's just it that it it feels like everybody not named south carolina is just (laughs) becoming less and less consistent um speaking man speaking of teams i don't necessarily you know we're we're gonna have to deal with Duke at least on um, on senior day here. Another team I I want no part of because we've already dealt with this. Um, Virginia went up to the Yum Center in Louisville and just flat outplayed the cards. Like this this was not. I went back and watched this one. This was not close. Like it was it was by the final score, but. They were just better than Louisville. Um, and that's yeah. the Who's are another team that I hopefully, however, the bracket shakes out, I, I would prefer not to have to deal with them in the conference tournament. Um, that that they're just they look good. Louisville's kind of fallen off a cliff here lately, um, which is weird because sometimes they just don't have the horses or whatever, but usually Jeff Waltz's teams are are they hit their level and they're, they're pretty consistent um, throughout the course of a year. So this has been weird to see them kind of stumbling, stumbling around later in the season here. Um, And then there was one kind of biggie last night. Um, UCLA took out Colorado. Um, This was a deficit at the half that Colorado kind of gamely cut into for a little bit here. Um, But the Bruins just once they got bets back have been a pretty solid team. And good God, Kiki Rice had herself a preposterous evening yesterday, including one of the most ridiculous finishes on a like sort of twisty body contortionist layup 
I've seen in a minute. Did you did you catch any of this one last night? It got it got a little wild there. I did. I did watch um, most of it. Um, I wasn't always paying attention, but it was on. Um, but Colorado, they made a little comeback, and they actually took the lead. I do believe. Was it the second or third quarter? I think it was the third quarter after halftime. I think they came back and they took the lead briefly, but they weren't able to keep it. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a good game. Actually, I did watch that. But yeah, Colorado, I think they've hit hit a little skid lately. Um, and I think like Bracketology might have had them as like a two seed, but they've lost. Yeah, they've lost four straight. So they might not be on that two seat line anymore. Yeah, they're the Buffs are kind of having a a tough end of the year here, which is kind of a shame because they started they started so well this season. But the Pac twelve is just you know they're I gotta say if you're gonna if you're gonna end an entire conference, you might as well do it with this much like nuclear pyrotechnics. Because that thing, it feels like there's just nothing consistent from from night to night with any of those teams. Um, I mean, I, I guess you can call Stanford pretty pretty steady. Um, they're probably the best team out West, assuming Cam Brink is fully healthy and remains so through the rest of the year. But it's been it's been wild out there. Um, They've been either as crazy or even a little crazier than the ACC has. Um, but coming down the stretch here, BC on the road Thursday night, and then obviously Duke on senior day. Did that? They moved that tip time, did they not? Uh, I the last I saw it said four o'clock. Four? Okay. Did yeah. they? I thought that was it two before. Yeah, I think they did move it. You're right, because I did get an email that said the time had been moved. So it's 4 p.m. now. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And that'll, you know, I mean, it's Carolina Duke. There's nothing more to say about that. Um, let's, I suppose we should, this was on the men's side of things, but a um, couple things. Good God, RJ um, put up, what was it, 42? Broke the... He Broke the, the Dean Dome scoring record. Yeah. Did you watch that game? Yes. Um, yeah. We did, 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 did. We watched that. Uh, my my wife basically just had to get up and pace for a lot of that last five or so minutes of actual game clock because um, they did not uh, they did not put that away as uh, as thoroughly as they perhaps should have. Yeah, when they cut it to two points, I was like, oh, my God, the lead was just 11. Where did it go? But, you know, free throws at the end of the game, that's how you put a team away, and they just could not do it. They just could not do it. But thank God for Withers. You know, he came in and got the offensive rebound, got fouled, and hit his free throws, and that was able. he was able to ice the game. But, um, yeah, it should not have ever been that close at the end. No, but they, you know, they got it done and it was, uh, it was quite an interesting game. Um, let's get to, I, this, this was not, uh, obviously this also was an event that happened on the, on the men's side, but, um, we've seen examples of it earlier this year, um, with, the 
the Iowa game and and so forth and some some prominent players who may or may not have gotten injured or run the risk of getting injured. Where are you on court storming? What are what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, there was a big to do um, with Wake storming the court after they beat Duke and a potential injury to Kyle Filipowski. Um, and some of the ESPN talking heads who have Duke affiliations. I'm looking at you, Seth. Um, just, you know, hadn't really had any thoughts on court storming uh, earlier in the season, but decided to get all huffy about it um, after this one. But where where are, your, where are your thoughts on the whole court storming thing and whether or not it should be, you know, uh, prohibited or there should be increased measures of some sort of security or whatever um going forward here because this is not the first time um this year that we've seen somebody um potentially potentially get hurt um with something like this happening yeah i don't mind it i say let the kids have fun now with that being said yes i think if you know that your team is about to take an l like say you're the top rated team, say you're South Carolina and you're playing someone who, you know, wasn't expecting to, to beat you and they win and the students, I, I, I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine. However, what I was about to say, and I didn't finish my thought was that if you know, your team is about to lose, there's no way you're winning this game, you know, call it like a timeout. If you have one, you know, you get your players like off the court and then let the game in and allow the, the the fans to storm the court. I think it's fine. Um, you know, I don't know how you kind of get, I don't know, I don't know how you can possibly get the athletes all the way off the court before the students are allowed to storm. Um, and I don't think there's any way to really stop it unless you threaten to like find the institution, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or something like that, which probably isn't feasible, but like, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I just think maybe there's a way you have to figure out how to get your players off the court. And, you know, I'm in these groups um, for the men's team. And a lot of the people were saying how Warry Williams used to like, you know, like I said, call a timeout, let his players kind of get off the court um, in those last few seconds or whatever before you know, the opposing team fans storm the court. So I'm all for it. Let the kids, I mean, you're only going to be in college once. Let the kids have fun. Uh, yeah. And it's, I mean, they, there already are fines in place, um, not in the ACC, but in several other conferences for, for court stormings um, and field stormings. The fines are, are dropping the bucket and they're not going to make any difference because the schools involved when there's a big, a big upset like that they they love um they love that moment for tv you know it's it's a marketing tool for the university they put they put moments you know shots of court stormings or or field stormings whatever um in promotional clips for the university you know when they run those ads during games um, that are school specific or whatever. Uh, God knows we see this stuff all the time in ads for conferences and for March Madness, certainly. Um, and there's just not, you know, they, they don't, they, 
you don't have the budget to to put enough people around a, a basketball court um every game to to prevent it and there's no way to tell a bunch of kids you know a good portion of whom are certainly probably lubricated or on other substances that they have to you know please please storm the court in an orderly fashion after the opposing team has had the chance to to make the tunnel like i just don't that's not you're not gonna make that happen um the one thing i would say you know i saw some people say well filipowski got you are still coming into a space where the players are supposed to be playing a basketball game and honestly you're not going to prevent the court stormings let the kids be kids that's fine if you get close to a player while you're doing that on the court i think the player should be allowed to do absolutely whatever they want without any consequence you're coming into their space and their environment and you should give them a wide berth now i understand that's a crush crowded people blah 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 i i get it but i think i think players should be that i i you're not going to prevent the kids from doing it and i get it, it's a fun experience and all that stuff but I don't, I don't know about you. I have been in situations where a large crowd was running in one direction that I was not going. And it is, it's a scary experience. And you're coming into the player's environment. And I think players, coaches, anybody who's supposed to be on that floor, if you come onto that floor, those people should be allowed to do whatever they want in the name of, def- of defending themselves and making sure that their personal safety is, is okay. Um, Cause I, you know, I did see people saying, "Well, Filipowski shouldn't have like shouldn't have pushed that one away, kid." No, nah, man, you you ran at somebody who's supposed to be there, and you're not supposed to be there. Sorry, like that. There should be no liability for anybody taking steps to uh, protect themselves in that in that instance. Um, now, obviously, we don't want a malice at the palace situation going forward, but if you come into their space, you know that our test went into the stands in Detroit all those years ago. If you're, if you're coming on the court, I you're in their turf and I would see no problem whatsoever with somebody putting you on the deck. If you got in their face or ran into them because you have to at least, you know, go, go have your celebration. But if you're, if you're behaving in a manner where someone might get hurt, um, if 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 something happens to you doing that, I have very little to no sympathy. Yeah. Now that I do like agree with, like I don't if you're gonna storm the court, I don't think you should be touching the players at all. Now that I do um agree with and in that Wake Forest and Duke game, technically the game wasn't there was still a little bit of time on the clock. Um, so they really didn't wait for the game to be like over. I mean, technically it was over, but there was still time on the clock before they even like started, or I should say once they started rushing the court, there was still time on the clock. So they were in the wrong for that. But yeah, I agree. Like you definitely should not be touching any of the players. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, certainly this is, I mean, it's been happening for years. It's going to keep happening. It's, you know, I understand it was elevated 
just because of what happened this weekend, just like there was a big spike about talking about it after the, the Caitlin Clark thing, um, when that went down, but this is, you know, certainly on the, the near the back of a, of a concerns that need to be addressed list, um, with stuff, the NCAA has got to get figured out, um, because I, you know, as we're seeing with the stuff playing out in the court cases now, um, they they don't have any power to control anything um, going on with NIL, recruiting, all of that stuff. Um, nor should they. NCAA enforcement rules and infractions committees and all that stuff have been a joke for 70 years at this point. Um, but they, they've got bigger fish to fry before they convene a, you know, a governing body meeting to talk about the the potential changes to, to conference rules or, or, you know, division one rules about court storming. They, they've got, they got bigger fish to fry. Um, and, but yeah, I did on the whole, I agree with you, um, on that. Um, one shout out right quick. Deasia fair, man. Uh, in Cuse's game on Sunday, passed Brittany Griner for number five on the all time division one scoring list. Um, just unbelievable the career she's put together and i saw some people complaining about well you know she's done it in five years um and i i I get that but man go, go, go look go look at what happened to to buffalo during the covid year go look at how many games were not played or forfeited she had only what was it it was like 148 to 149 total games right when she passed BG on that that had been played um because of because of covid and stuff like that so the accomplishment is an incredible one regardless um and i just i don't know man people are people are complaining about fifth years for a lot of these records but the reason those fifth years are being given is because a lot of people got at least one season or a good chunk of it wiped out by covid so I just, I, I don't, people complaining about kids having too much eligibility or what that means for these records and stuff like that. I just, I'm kind of done with that whole conversation because it just, between all the games that were canceled, forfeited, whatever, with COVID and then them getting an extra eligibility year, you know, every, it was granted to everybody more or less, um, so I don't, I, do you have any thoughts on that? I'm just, I'm tired of people using, using that to make their little pet arguments one way or the other at this point. Yeah. I mean, if they have eligibility, they have eligibility. Like, you know what I mean? Like let the kids take a fifth year if they want to take it. It was granted to them. If they want to take it, they should take it. You know, most of them are, you know, getting like a master's degree, um, you know, so, so I don't, I don't mind it. I'm I'm like you, I'm sick of it. Uh, I heard it a lot last night um, during the men's game against Miami and how um, I think Corey Alexander was saying that Cormac Ryan was like 35 or something like that and, or 32 years old. And I'm like, dude, okay, now you're like, just blowing it way out of the portion you're doing way too much but 
Yeah, I mean, it was granted to them if they're taking it, then good. I mean, but yeah, but back to fair, you know, congratulations to her. Like, she's always been a bucket, even when she was at Buffalo, and then she followed, you know, her coach over to Syracuse. And, you know, as we've seen in the ACC, she's still a bucket. Um, so I don't think she's getting the coverage that she deserves, and partly because it's probably like the team that you know, she's playing on, even though Syracuse is a pretty good team. Um, but yeah, she's definitely getting overlooked. Um, she'll probably be in the national player of the year conversation, although, you know, she won't win it, but I think she should be in the conversation, um, for that award. Um, but yeah, congratulations to her putting up 3000 points is not an easy, easy task, no matter how many games you do it in. So yeah, she definitely deserves more coverage sure uh, yeah absolutely and i i would i would be shocked if coach jack is also not on the short list for coach of the year um as yeah. she should be given sure. what she's done at cues um, yeah yeah if she wins coach of the year in the acc like i wouldn't put up an argument for that like who thought syracuse was probably going to be as good as they are this year um but yeah, she's really turned that program around because it was in shambles before she got there. Um, so yeah, I would not be surprised if she was coach of the year in the ACC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I at this point, or just we'll we'll get these last two games. We'll see what. Um, there's still a great deal of variance in play, depending on like six billion things as to what seating we might end up with in the conference tourney. And then obviously what the seating committee decides for the dance once we get to that. Um, but for now, we just got to hope we can get these next two dubs to close out the regular season here. And uh, we here at Carmichael Radio will be with you every step of the way for that. Um, please do rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. It does help us greatly. And we do appreciate y'all out there listening. Uh, Terry, hit the folks with your your socials where folks can uh, follow you, interact with, etc. Um, on Twitter, it's underscore rebel r e b e l underscore flower f l e u r. Um, Instagram, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I never chat out my Instagram, but my Instagram is it's Terry D. So that's I T S T E R R I D E E. Alrighty, y'all, please go give Terry a follow. Um, I am at Arena Apothecary on Twitter. Um, do not have any other social stuff. Uh, but you can hit me there if you would like to get in touch. And we will go ahead and get out of here for the time being. This has been Carmichael Radio. Signing off for Ms. Terry Stacker. Until next time, go Hills. Yes, ma'am, go Hills indeed. Y'all be well out there.